Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams. And you know, Dorothy always said there's no place like home. Well, this week NASCAR is in my hometown, the place that I grew up in, Kansas City. Although I grew up on the Missouri side, the race is in Kansas. We were at the Kansas Speedway. Uh, always great when I actually get to come home, which I am going to this weekend and check out the racing at the Kansas Speedway. It's been a wild week in NASCAR for sure. Probably the biggest news to come out of the week is the fact that Legacy Motor Club will be joining Toyota Racing coming up for the next season for the 2024 season. A lot of people are surprised by this announcement. I am not. Uh, I've been hearing for quite some time that Toyota was looking for teams to add into their stable of drivers, both on the Cup Series and also in the Truck Series. So it makes sense that they would be poaching from Chevrolet. I think that you know Le- Legacy Motor Club uh, or Legacy MC has a bright future, you know, but they are basically a brand new team. They're not at all Richard Petty Motorsports a few years ago, or even Petty GMS. So, you know, they're building a foundation and it, it makes sense for them to, you know, maybe change some things up and, and go with a different manufacturer, maybe go to a manufacturer where they feel like they can be better supported. So uh, that news didn't surprise me. I know a lot of people are upset, but really, when you think about it, when you look back at Richard's career, he drove a lot of different manufacturers. He he drove whatever he thought was fast, and I think that's what Legacy Motor Club is doing. They're, they're driving what they think is fast, what they think will help them over the next you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, how many ever years to uh, to get to the where they want to be. So that's the biggest news of the week. Coming up this week on the show, we're going to have Denny Hamlin. It's actually an older conversation, about maybe a week and a half, two weeks old conversation that I had with Denny. Uh, but I thought it was too good not to share in its entirety and it wasn't as urgent as some of the other conversations that we've shared over the last couple of weeks so we'll play that there might be a couple of old references to races that have passed by but still a great conversation every time we get a chance to talk to Denny which is not very often so we'll have that coming up also Chris will stop by to talk about all the news and notes from the week so let's get fired up the monster mile Dover uh Martin Truex Jr. finally gets back to victory lane after a a long absence. It seems like it was just a matter of time before he got here, got back to to victory lane. But how big is that for him and for Toyota? They haven't exactly had the greatest start to the season. No, they haven't had, uh, you know, a banner year so far as of yet. So I think for Toyota, I think for Joe Gibbs Racing, and I think for – Martin Truex himself and his team, his crew chief, James Small, made a uh, pretty uh, aggressive, pretty brave, courageous call there to stay on two tires and so on and so forth. And, you know, it worked out for him. His driver bought in. They had a fast car. It showed up right there at the end of the race how, how good their car was. So, uh, you know, a little shot in the arm for everybody involved there. Uh, I'm sure that Coach Gibbs and, and his family and, and the whole company 
uh, are, are glad to get a victory there. Uh, it was definitely a Truex weekend, you know, with little brother winning on Saturday. Congratulations to him. Good job of that guy. But uh, um, a, a, good, a good race for them, strong showing. And now we'll see how that momentum carries, you know, through the next few races and the rest of the season. At least he's kind of punched his ticket into the playoffs. So good for them. There was a lot of rain throughout the weekend, so a lot of time uh, with the drivers spent on talking about things other than racing because there wasn't a lot of racing going on. Uh, one of the hot topics was the damage to Kyle Larson's car at Talladega and how mm -hmm. the ro roll cage actually bent. We haven't really seen that um, from this next-gen car. Do you think that's just a anomaly, or is there something that drivers should be concerned about with that? Well, anytime something like that occurs and this like you said this is very different this is very this is kind of out there from anything in the past he took a hard lick uh, that was a, a a huge hit and what were there was there some little bit of uh, I don't know how to say it maybe quality control in in the welding process and the, and the uh, construction of that cage I don't know is this something that's going to reoccur I sure hope not I, I you know I, I'm I'm sure that that's that's a flag to say hey we need to look at this you know to see is this something that's going to happen again and in an even worse situation uh, I think it was the kind of the way that the, the the hit was the angle and everything. I'm, I'm sure they're looking at all that to say, okay, what's going on here? Why now? Why did this happen? And, and it just all kind of, kind of uh, blew up there on them in, in, in a in a short, uh, uh, a short-lived situation. But but you still have to look at this, and I don't know if there are changes coming uh, here in the middle of the season. That's going to be that'd be almost impossible. To you know, start re reconstructing roll cages and center sections for these cars. But um, this is an ongoing process, and we've been through some issues before. I think some of the issues they've done a pretty good job of solving. Some are a little bit eh, uh, iffy wiffy there, but uh, this one is major, and this could happen at a lot of places. But it, but again, let's let's realize that. This was a pretty small chance of happening, the type of hit, the angle, and so on and so forth. Um, so it's probably not anything to get, uh, to, to become unraveled about, but it's just something that they've got to look at. And I think the teams will look at it also. Uh, that's where I miss the, personally, I miss the experienced fabricators that built those cars for so many years, you know, those guys would take it to the heart and they would go in and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to figure out how to make this. This is never happening again on my watch. So I hope that the manufacturers, manufacturers of the next, next gen car will take that same attitude. And I think they will. This week we go to Kansas. Mm -hmm. um, it's a mile and a half, but it's not really like your intermediate track but it's not really like your cookie cutter track no. what's kind of the key to getting around kansas kansas is is one of those tracks that that uh just grip goes away really fast and over the past 
three to four years, I think that that has become it's just that that it's just become progressively worse. The tracks wearing out, the services wearing out. Uh, it produces, in my mind, some really good racing because you're going pretty fast. This is a pretty big racetrack, and it's got banking, and there's all the reasons to have speed, and but yet the 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 surface wears the tires out pretty quickly. The lap times fall off pretty quickly. Uh, the cars get really loose there as a as a normal, and I, you're going to see guys sliding around, slipping, sliding around, fighting the steering wheel, trying to stay off the wall. They're going to be running right up against the wall and right down on the bottom, trying to find whatever groove is best for them, and it's kind of like a really long short track, you know, a short track with, with like running three laps on a short track in one lap kind of, sort of. So uh, pretty cool place. I think most of the drivers enjoy it, the teams. And it's a really, it's a really good area. You know, it's a neat place to be, nice stuff around there. It's, they've really done a great job with that. And uh, um, I, I don't know, I really can't tell you who I think is going to be the, the guy to beat. Uh, momentum plays a big part, uh, but but I don't know. It seems like the the mile and a half stuff has been a little unpredictable this year. So I, I think you're probably going to see a dogfight, you know, on probably all three races out there this weekend. So it'll be it'll be good times. Thank you so much for your time and for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right, so let's just dive right in. Um, Coming off the race last week at Martinsville, I know it's a track you're you're very good at. You had a good finish, but I know after the race you were kind of outspoken about the racing. Do you think that that the short track racing obviously needs to be fixed, but can it be fixed? I mean, what what what's the state right now of short track racing? Um, yeah, certainly it can be. Um, I, I listed out three things in the podcast that I thought that were very crucial: the shifting, the tires, the horsepower. Any one of those three certainly could uh, make a big difference. Um, but, you know, I don't think any of them will take, be a very short fix. I think we'd have to be patient with it for sure. Um, but it, it will take time. But this is kind of the box that we put ourselves in over long-term decisions. And um, unfortunately, we need to undo some of it. Oops, I mean, I'm mute. I've been muting myself because I'm in the media center at Nashville okay. Super Speedway right now, so I don't <laughs> want it to be too uh, too loud in between. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about that podcast because since you mentioned it, um, obviously you're a guy that's been outspoken in the garage area for a long time and a guy that people go to for opinions, but when you took on this podcast, did you expect it to, I feel like it's exploded. I feel like it's the most talked about podcast in the garage right now. Did you expect all of that or was this something you kind of did for fun? Um, you know, I did it because I love the sport. I mean, that's, I love talking about the sport. I've been up very outspoken about the sport, uh, the, the positives and the negatives for all of my career. A lot of it is, well, all of it is to help make our sport better. Um, I think that we, we got a lot of room to grow and, and certainly there's a lot of optimism that, that can be had about it. Uh, but you gotta make some, you gotta be able to have constructive criticism at times to, uh, to make it better. So, I think that it gave me a good platform to to speak upon the things that I, I wanted to talk about. Um, I think a lot of times uh, in the media, and I'm not blaming you guys at all, but you know there'd be a headline and it have 
you know, my picture on it and a headline of one sentence of something I said during a, a media availability. And it, you know, people don't, not everyone clicks on the article, right? They just see the headline and they, and they don't understand the context in which I was talking about it. Um, so I think it just gave me kind of the, the way to um, set the narrative the way I wanted to and give the full story and, and not be so rushed um, when, when I was doing an interview. I get it. I, I started posting full interviews on the podcast for the same reason. I feel like it's you mm -hmm. just cut people off. You get 10 seconds during the show and that's what you get. So I totally get it. I enjoy it. I listen to it every week just as the side, not anything to do with this. Um, so right now you are a very busy man. You, you're racing, you're doing your podcast, you've got your team, um, obviously your family. Uh, what made you just want to keep taking on? You just take on a lot of stuff. Is it, is it back, go back to the love of the sport? I mean, you seem to be always just adding more to your plate. Yeah, I've, I definitely have reached the point where I'm at maximum uh, peak level. Uh, if anything, I'm trying to reel back a little bit of it now, not be so involved in so many decisions and try to delegate as much as I can. Uh, I certainly am feeling it. Um, you know, kind of the fatigue and just all that I'm, I'm having to do. Um, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, trying to balance work and home life in general for a normal someone not, that works nine to five is very difficult. But for, for me, I, you know, I work 24 seven, my, my phone's never off and I'm always answering emails sometimes one, two in the morning, because that's the most convenient time for me to do it. And, uh, but I think my personality lends itself to that uh, because that's, I've always been that way. I don't like to be bored. If I find a two hour block in the afternoon where like I could sit down and watch TV, I don't. I'm thinking, well, what am I missing out on? Is there a project I need to finish or something? Um, I just don't allow myself to shut down that often, which I, I think I probably need to a little more. On the racing side, it seems like the Toyotas, you guys have been fast, but maybe not the finishes that, that, that you guys as a group would really like. I know, I know, uh, Tyler won a race but other than that it seems like it's been kind of like up front and then at the end something happens and not many of you are up front is that just luck do you think that there might be something that a group you guys need to work on yeah it's it's certainly luck is the small factor and then execution is the bigger factor so we we control some of the luck that gets thrown our way that that throws us off the train off the tracks it's because we weren't we made decisions throughout the race that put us in that box. Um, and so I think that we certainly can get better at closing at the end of races. Um, there's no question about that with the 11 team, we, we can work on our strategy. We can work on our pit stops, things like that. Uh, as a driver, I can work on not making many mistakes. There's plenty of, of room to improve, but I really feel like at this point of last year, we were, were a lot stronger this year. Um, than what we were last year. So I'm pretty optimistic that we can get the ship righted. Um, and even though our ship is not righted right now, it's still good enough to win most weeks. So uh, that's a good thing that uh, not many teams can, can speak about running as well as we are and saying that this is an off, we're, we're not executing right. <clears throat> yeah, kind of along those lines, putting on your ownership hat now, uh, you have two really young, talented drivers at 2311. Do you feel like as an organization, you guys are are in, are in a good place? I mean, Tyler's already won a race this year. 
Yeah, I do. I, I'm really pleased with how the team is continuing to get better. Um, I'm looking at, you know, a lot of what they're, you know, just like the small things like the data cart that the drivers and the engineers need uh, on pit road just got finished and got implemented at Martinsville. And I looked at it, I was like, man, this is really nice. Like, I wish I had this over on my 11 car. But it's just long term projects that have taken us forever to get, um, get done. And I'm just proud to see how they're running. I mean, they're showing up most weekends in practice being the fastest two cars. And so um, that's, that's something that, that you can be proud of because you know you had a, a, a pretty heavy hand in it. All right, so for my final thought, I'm gonna talk about the return of Ryan Newman. First of all, every time I see Ryan Newman in a race car, I'm just at awe. I was at Daytona when he went flipping and tumbling upside down through the infield and a lot of us didn't know if he you know had made it for quite some time it was frightening to see especially in person just the tenseness and the you know uh concern as to whether or not he was uh gonna even walk let alone be back in a race car so it's great to see him in a race car and, and maybe he feels like he's got some things he still needs to prove with the car since that's kind of was his last season uh second to last season in a car but i always hate it when i see guys that were once at the top of their game continue to try to hold on in like second third tier equipment you know i don't know how good or isn't the rick Ware racing equipment especially now next gen car generation he might be able to get in that car and perform pretty well but, you know, I don't want to see because Ryan was one of my favorite early dri- drivers when I first started following the sport. He was one of my favorites. And I just don't like to see guys kind of hang on and hang on at the end of their career and, and equipment that is not worthy of what they've accomplished over their career. So I hope that that's not what happened here because I think Ryan Newman, you know, is maybe a Hall of Famer when he accomplished some polls, certainly puts him in the conversation. And I hate to see the end of his career kind of be a it also ran so we'll see he'll be in the car in darlington next weekend and we'll see what he's got that's all i got this week with backstretch we'll see you next week